Morning, everyone. Do any of you have a favourite TV series that you like to watch? I'm sure you do on TV or Netflix or some other way of watching it. Well, Kathy and myself are hooked on this series called The Good Doctor. Probably none of you have ever heard of it, none of you, I don't know, but it's, I'd recommend it. Basically, this, The Good Doctor, Sean, suffers with autism and it just follows his story and it, we really enjoy it. Problem is, it's now live on Sky, so we've got to pay a lot of money if we want to watch it, so we've got to wait a little bit to watch Series 6. We're desperate. But at the beginning of each episode, they do this previously on The Good Doctor. And then they show you clips, don't they? So you, those who've forgotten can remember what they missed. So we thought, we're in our seventh episode today of Job. thought we might do the same thing. Previously in Job. So what we're going to do is just give you a moment to think. And I just want you to shout out what you can remember from the previous six. What stands out to you? doesn't matter what it is. Now, Cathy didn't want to do this because she said, they won't shout out anything, you know. Well, if you don't shout out anything, it says something, doesn't it? I'm sure, you, I'm, sure, I'm sure you will. So take, Ben will probably, I don't know what Ben will do if you don't shout out anything. Implode. Implode, probably. So take a few seconds just to think. What, what stands out to you? And then we've got a microphone, so Cathy, well, she won't run around. She can't, but she'll walk to you. But this is meant to be very brief. We just want one sentence. We're not looking for a sermon. That comes later. One sentence, John, I know you. <laughs> it goes round in circles. Rejected by everybody, wasn't he, at one point? He was rejected by everyone at one point, that's true. That will come out this morning, thanks, Kate. That Satan can only work within the constraints of the permissions given by God. God said Job was blameless, so it wasn't his fault he was suffering like this. He said, I know that my Redeemer lives. Oh yeah, key quote that Job says several times, he knows, that, he knows that his Redeemer lives, and we've been looking at, we know who that Redeemer is, don't we? And again, we'll look at that. A couple more? With friends like Job had, who needs enemies? Yes. <laughs> Great, yeah, his friends, well, friends in inverted commas, wasn't it? Martin. The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. Okay, Martin read that out of the Bible. Is that cheating? <laughs> The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Thank you. Anyone else desperate to say anything? That's exciting to hear those things. That's good. Yeah, I think that went well, Cathy. (laughs) 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 That that wasn't meant to. There was nothing, honestly. So we call today the good, the bad, and the hopeful. We're going to think a little bit about the good. So Sarah's going to come and read Job 29, 1 to 17 to us. The first part of our reading today is Job chapter 29, beginning at verse 1. Job continued his discourse. How I long for the months gone by, for the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone upon my head, and by his light I walked through darkness. Oh, for the days when I was in my prime, when God's intimate friendship blessed my house when the Almighty was still with me and my children were around me, when my path was drenched with cream and the rock poured out for me streams of olive oil. When I went to the gate of the city and took my seat in the public square, the young men saw me and stepped aside, and the old men rose to their feet. The chief men refrained from speaking and covered their mouths with their hands, The voices of the nobles were hushed, and their tongues stuck to the roof of their mouths. Whoever heard me spoke well of me, 
and those who saw me commended me, because I rescued the poor who cried for help, and the fatherless who had none to assist him. The man who was dying blessed me. I made the widow's heart sing. I put on righteousness as my clothing. Justice was my robe and my turban. I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. I was a father to the needy. I took up the case of the stranger. I broke the fangs of the wicked and snatched the victims from their teeth. This is the word of the Lord. A little bit about the good, which is chapter 29, and then we'll look at chapters 30 and 31 briefly in a moment. And so this, these three chapters record the last of what it calls Job's discourse or Job's speech. And a lot of what he has to say, John is right, goes round in circles. A lot of what he says in these is already said before. So what we've tried to do is, is summarise it and, and, and simplify it a little bit, hence this title, Good, Bad and Hopeful. And in chapter 29, I hope you were listening, Job looks back and remembers when life was good. In fact, life was really idyllic, probably too perfect really, but that's what we do, isn't it, when we, when we look back. We, we had a friend staying uh, the last few days, staying overnight on Tuesday night, and we ended up talking about the good old days when we, we lived in the same city and all the exciting things we did. That's what we do, isn't it? And as, as, as I've shared before up here, every Thursday morning I go and help out in the local park. Should be a pic- That's Lay Hill Park, where I help. And hopefully we've made a difference. Uh, we always finish with coffee and biscuits. And one of the guys who's joined recently is, brings chocolate fingers every week. I've never realised how good chocolate fingers are. <laughs> they, they really are. I'm just hoping he'll bring some white chocolate fingers one week. That will be the pinnacle of delight. Um, but we always have some interesting conversations over coffee. And a few weeks ago, we got discussing the inflation rate and the mortgage rate. And it does seem that things were better in the 1970s. And one guy said, you know, our, our first home cost less than £12,000. And we paid less than a £100 mortgage. And we even got tax relief on the mortgage. And everybody else joined in about how good life was in the 1970s. Till one guy said, yeah, but we earned less than £3,000 a year. The good old days. And I think that's what Job is doing in this chapter. I think he's recalling it in in, in three different areas that were really fulfilling to him back then. I say it all seemed marvellous, and the commentaries agree it was probably through rose-coloured glasses that he was doing this. But I still think the areas he focused on can be helpful for us to think about. So the first one is in verses 1 to 5, when he talks about his relationship with God and how real and close to him God was. He says, Oh, for the days when I was in my prime, when God's intimate friendship blessed my house, when the Almighty was still with me. He's recalling those wonderful days of deep and close fellowship with God that were so special to him. And then he he talks about relationships, the sustaining and energizing relationships that he had. In verse 5, he says, my children were all around me. You can see that, can't you? It was a very joyful and and energizing experience. And then in verses 7 to 11, if you were listening as Sarah read, you saw how respected and valued and appreciated he was by others. He says, when I went to the gate of the city and took my seat in the public square, the young men saw me and stepped aside, and the old men rose to their feet. The chief men refrained from speaking and covered their mouths with their hands. The voices of the nobles were hushed, and their tongues stuck to the roof of their mouths. 
Whoever heard me spoke well of me, and those who saw me commended me. People listened to what Job had to say. He was an important member of the community. He was popular. And then thirdly, in verses 12 to 17, he recalls how he had a purpose. And it's built around caring and a fruitful ministry. If you were listening, it's quite very impressive. He talks about rescuing the poor, caring for the widows, the orphans, the blind, the lame, helping the strangers, bringing justice and righteousness. I was contemplating comparing him to Mother Teresa, you know, but it's, it's kind of like he's, he'd be good on the pastoral care team, that's for sure, wouldn't he? He's recalling the different ways that he served and cared for others and how important that was to him. So it seemed to me that Job's life was fulfilling as he looked back because God was with him. He had people around him who loved him and respected him and he had a clear purpose in his life. And we need those three things, don't we, today? I think if we're struggling any one of them, then life gets a little bit harder for us. So I thought I'd be a little bit vulnerable with you today and share how I think I'm doing in these three areas, maybe as a worked example. So perhaps you you might want to go away afterwards and think, how am I doing in these three areas? So first of all, my relationship with God. My relationship with God is is up and down. I decided it's a bit like a Zoom conversation. We all have enjoyed Zoom in the last few years, haven't we? It's been wonderful. Some of you are smiling anyway. (laughs) I thought that might get a laugh, but it obviously didn't. So, So... Sometimes in my relationship with God, I've got that perfect connection. I can see and hear every word he says, and I know that he sees and hears me. The video is working, he's not upside down or anything like that. You know, it's just a very good connection. But other times, it feels like I can't connect at all. You know, that there's that awful spinning circle you get in the middle. Is it, is it called buffering? No matter how long I wait, it just keeps spinning. Or he keeps breaking up, or the camera's pointing at the ceiling. So I can't see him. Or I'm talking away, not realising I'm on mute. Or, perhaps more seriously, God's on mute, and I can't hear him at all. I'm confident of one thing, that there's not going to be Zoom in heaven. But we are going... But, you know, my, my relationship with God is up and down in those ways. With family and friends. I'm fortunate to have loving family and, and good friends. They're a great source of joy and fulfilment. But they can also be frustrating, especially when they don't do what's right or what, and what I, well, what I think is right and what I know is right, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and I do thrive when I've got purpose. And, and I've been retired now about coming up for four years. Well, COVID kind of messed it up a little bit. I've been reflecting a little bit back on that, and I think in retirement, we do lose, don't we, the role, the status, the satisfaction that work brings. We can lose some of our purpose, and it can be harder, maybe, to find that place to serve and to use our gifts and experience. And I think I'm learning that my role is more to support others in what they're doing. So my kind of sense of purpose goes, again, up and down. So today it's quite good, because I've got a purpose. I'm standing up here. So, so how are you doing? Just leave that with you, really. How are you doing in your relationship with God? How are you doing in your relationships with others? And how are you doing in serving and living with purpose? Because they're the things, I think, that Job reflected back on and that gave him a sense of fulfillment and satisfaction. But maybe there's one of those areas where there's something you could do to make it better. So that's, that's the first part. I'll be back. 
Our second reading is from Job chapter 30, beginning at verse 9, then verse 16, and then chapter 31, beginning at verse 35. And now their sons mock me in song. I have become a byword among them. They detest me and keep their distance. They do not hesitate to spit in my face. And now my life ebbs away. Days of suffering grip me. Night pierces my bones. My gnawing pains never rest. In his great power, God becomes like clothing to me. He binds me like the neck of my garment. He throws me into the mud, and I am reduced to dust and ashes. I cry out to you, O God, but you do not answer. I stand up, but you merely look at me. You turn on me ruthlessly. With the might of your hand, you attack me. You toss me about in the storm. I know you will bring me down to death, to the place appointed for all the living. Oh, that I had someone to hear me. I sign now my defence. Let the Almighty answer me. Let my accuser put his indictment in writing. Surely I would wear it on my shoulder. I would put it on like a crown. I would give him an account of my every step. Like a prince, I would approach him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks again, Sarah. So I hope you were listening to that. What a contrast. <laughs> How the mighty have fallen. So now in this chapter, Job reflects on the present, his present circumstances. He's 29, he's thinking back to the good old days when everything seemed to him to be perfect. And now, in the present, as we know, if we've been following the series, he's, he's in the worst place possible. Far worse, I imagine, than anybody here has or is experiencing. He's lost everything. He's sitting in the dust, covered in sores. Can you imagine that? Just sitting in the dusty sand, side of the road, covered in sores. He's physically unable to serve and go and do all those helpful things and care for other people. He can't do that anymore. Life has no meaning for him and no purpose. He's lost all of that. He's lost his children. How tragic that was. And also the love and support of other people. Did you listen? So then those people who came to listen to him and feed on his wisdom now spit in his face, it said. People mock him and ignore him. They walk past him. They no longer go up to him. How painful that would be. But then perhaps worst of all, God is silent. He says, I cry out to you, God, but you do not answer. I stand up, but you merely look at me. You turn on me ruthlessly. With the might of your hand, you attack me. What's encouraging is he still believes in God when he cries out to him and gets no response at all. Back to my Zoom idea, it feels like the internet's been disconnected permanently, doesn't it? There is no connection at all for him with God. I would encourage you to go and read chapter 31, because it's obviously a lot of reading. We didn't put it in the service. But basically in that, he's desperate. He lists all his good qualities and how he's not succumbed to sin and temptation. I've been a good boy, he's basically saying. 
I've sought to serve, I've sought to follow the Lord, but despite all his efforts, God seems deaf to his pleas. Now, if these verses reflect how you feel today, that's okay. Sean in The Good Doctor would say, it's okay, it's normal. It's okay if that's how you're feeling. I would encourage you, you can cry out, and you can keep doing that. The thing about Job is he kept crying out, despite these terrible friends that we heard about. He still kept crying out to God. Please don't turn away from God if you feel you're not in a good place. Talk to someone else. Hang in there. Get others to carry you through it. Now, some of us may feel we're more in chapter 29. We're in those good days, those good times. Life's really good. Some of us might feel that we're more in chapter 30, where it's terrible, absolutely dreadful. But as I said before, I think in my last sermon, I think most of us have a bit of both, don't we? We're not really as bad as Job, and life is not as perfect as he seems to think it was. We have a bit of both. We have some good, and we have some not so good in our lives. For example, in relationships, there are some relationships that's going well. There are some relationships that need a bit of work. Sometimes our relationship with God is going well, then the next day it's a bit harder for us. I think that's just the way it is. But I think we're all trying to walk by faith, aren't we? We're trying to walk by faith with these nagging doubts and fears. Well, again, I think that's the normal way that we follow Jesus. And what I like about Job is that he was honest about how he felt about life, how he felt about other people, and how he felt about God. He didn't give up and walk away, he kept going. And I think, for me, that's been the encouragement and the challenge. So we've looked at the good, we've looked at the bad, but there is hope in those last little two verses from chapter 31. And Kathy will say something briefly, don't worry, briefly, about that. So let's just spend a couple of minutes sitting quietly and just thinking about where we're at at the moment. Perhaps in those different areas, in our relationship with God, in our relationship with other people, and with that sense of purpose and serving. Just remembering that we can bring our pain and our struggles and our joy and our thankfulness to God. Job cries out, Oh, that I had someone to hear me. We do have someone to hear us.